we going to get this thing started? Are we going to do this? Yeah. Yeah. We're going to do it. You know why we're going to do it? Because this, 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 Making those cartoon noises to attract my attention. Perhaps they've got flu. Flu? Flu? Well, you're going to talk about the flu. Why are we talking about the flu, Jess? Sounds well, like you might have a bit is of it the flu. flu. Yeah, you you had the flu, right? Like a couple days ago? Well, I'm real dedicated to the show. Thank you. And so I signed up to uh, to get influenza so I could experience it. And how'd you do that? For you just everyone. Went everywhere and licked every doorknob you could find until you got sick? I went to work. I licked the patients. <laughs> Gross. Should wow. I not do that? No, there's some rules. Ew. You're not supposed to be doing that. But I think there's a lot to talk about with the flu, right? Yeah. There are so many questions that people have. Mm -hmm. What it is, what it's not. I mean, you have me right here right. who had influenza a few days ago, but do you want to hear from a real patient? Yes. Okay, let's take a listen. So tell me about what you've been feeling the last few days. Um, I started out feeling like I had a sore throat, and then as it got on to progressing, my bones started to ache in me. I was like hot and cold, hot and cold, hot and cold. Then I had this really bad cough that I was just coughing till I was choking. I was nauseated. I couldn't even think, so I was so nauseated. I kept throwing up, and then I had the diarrhea, too. I was just so sick, it was different from when I had the cold before. How yeah. was this different than a typical cold? I had two colds, and um, I took my Alka-Seltzer Plus and my cough medicine, mm -hmm. and so then I got well. And then the time before that, it didn't last for a minute, you know. It was nothing like this. This was crazy. And now you've gotten some medications, and how are you feeling? I'm feeling better than I was. Say my name if you want to. Could you say it? It's Leola Jackson, mm -hmm. and this hoarseness came along with that, too. And how old are you, Miss Jackson? I'm 67 years old. I can totally relate to her because that's basically how I felt a few days ago. So if you ask somebody who was not at work that week and they were like, I was out with the flu all, all week, and you're like, oh, that sucks. And then they tell you, like, what, what happened? What was the flu? What, tell me your symptoms. It's going to be, like the woman said, the diarrhea, vomiting, headaches, fevers and chills and achiness, sore throat. But yeah, just throwing up and diarrhea and, and just head kind of stuffiness and just feeling the worst you've ever felt. Yeah. So I think that's the, the common misconception about what the flu is. But why don't we start off by telling you what the flu is not? And then we'll tell you what the flu is. Wait, so that's a misconception? Yeah. Yeah. I think feeling like crap. Well, no, feeling like crap is true. But most people would say like, oh, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea. Yeah. We wouldn't usually associate that with influenza. Influenza is different. That's usually more of a respiratory thing. In kids, it's more nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, and sometimes in adults, but that's not usually the predominant symptoms. But the patient in you played said she was throwing up she and was. diarrhea. Yeah, she was. So it can so happen. That's, it so can that's happen. That's a symptom of the flu. It can happen. It can happen. But a lot of the people who just have nausea, vomiting, and diarrhea don't have influenza, especially adults. That's less common. Like my son a few weeks ago was in his room, vomiting, vomiting, diarrhea, right, right. vomiting, diarrhea, yeah. and that's not flu. <coughs> 
She said she wouldn't cough. <laughs> She's still sick. So vo- lots of vomiting, diarrhea. If that's the predominant thing, like if I ask you, you've got two choices of all the symptoms you've got. What are the two worst ones? If you say vomiting and diarrhea, that's probably not flu in an adult. That's some other bug that's mostly attacking your GI system. And that's important because, you know, people don't really know why they're getting vaccinated, what they're getting vaccinated for when it comes to flu season and stuff. And so they get the vaccine and then three weeks later, a month later, they'll have vomiting and diarrhea and say, oh, the vaccine doesn't work. Right, yeah. That's not what the vaccine was for. Right, yeah. So what's the flu? When we talk about flu, we're talking about a very specific group of viruses which cause a predominantly respiratory disease with high fevers. So you have lots of cough and you have bone shaking chills and you have that sort of bad feeling when the viruses are replicating, just feel like crap and you've lost all your energy. Rigors, like where you just, your body's shaking and it hurts to even just stand up. And well, this is how I felt earlier in the week heart racing, can't get out of bed, sweating. And then on top of all that, that's that's like the worst part. But on top of that, all the respiratory stuff, cough, runny nose, sore throat. Everybody who gets a cold, a bad cold, thinks they've got the flu. They've got a runny nose, they've got itchy eyes, they're sneezing, they're coughing, they're like, i got the flu. Most of those people just have a cold virus. And the cold is classically just not as bad. Maybe it lasts for a week. Flu will often last for two or three or four weeks of symptoms. And then another few weeks where you still feel bad after that. So it's like a really... Really, really, really bad cold. It's like a cold where you think you're going to die. Yes, that's the flu. And it's also (laughs) characteristically a very sudden onset where you were just feeling fine, going about your normal day. And then all of a sudden, boom, it hits you. Also, I did get a flu shot this year. And I also got the flu. Yeah, so explain that one. Right. Explain that if yeah. you can. Explain that, yeah. did you get like? Did you get like the uh, the bogus shot? The one that's really like saline? The placebo, the <laughs> yeah, the placebo shot. Maybe I did. No, okay, so here's how the flu vaccine works. Every year, a group of really smart people who study influenza, they sit around and they say, what are the most likely strains of influenza to get people really sick six months from now? because we know that influenza is seasonal, they can look and see patterns of which viruses are going up in frequency, which viruses are going down in frequency. That's Dr. Greg Moran. He's a professor of emergency medicine who's also double-boarded in infectious disease at UCLA. And they use mathematical models then to try to predict what are the statistically most likely strains that are going to be causing the majority of influenza in the coming flu season. They sit around a crystal ball and uh-huh. they chant and there's smoke and mirrors some, and they predict the future. They do. Knuckles, they usually pick about four strains of influenza and they say... These are the ones we're putting in the vaccine this year. So how come there's no vaccines for colds yet? Almost by definition, a cold is not going to hurt you as much as a influenza virus. And there are so many cold viruses, it's just not worth the time and the effort. Because it takes from when these guys, these smart men and women of the World Health Organization, they all get together twice a year and they decide, here's the vaccine we should make for the Northern right. Hemisphere. Oh, okay. Here's the vaccine we should do for Southern. the Southern Hemisphere. It takes them six months from that point to actually produce it because they've oh. got to get the little virus, they've got to get it to replicate. They actually put it in eggs, eggs. and they yep. replicate wow. it and then they have to clean it up and they have to brush off all the egg bits and then they have to put it in vials and they have to send it out to all the pharmacies around the world and then they have to inject it six months. So for a cold that makes you sick for three or four days, mm. it's just not worth not that worth expense it. and time. And they do it for influenza, but the flu because the flu 
is potentially very bad. So then they distribute the vaccine. And some years it's really good and it really matches what actually happened. And it protects a lot of people against influenza. And some years their guess isn't quite as good. But regardless, if you get the flu shot every year, you're gaining immunity to for this year and for next year and for the next year. So you'd think eventually you'd just be immune to all yeah, strains right. possible of the flu, but... Unless they mutate, right? Oh. You got it. Yeah. You got it. They mutate. Because that's like, that's what happened with the flu in 1918. Actually, we're gonna, we are going to get to that. What happened that year was very interesting. It was slightly different than what you're suggesting. There was a mutation, but it was a special kind of mutation. So, yes... Every year, there's this small, little, tiny mutations that happen. And then the flu is like, ha ha, you don't recognize me with this mustache. Oh. <laughs> flu can't talk. Flu has a French accent. The flu does. <laughs> it's true. So what is it, what's changing about this flu virus uh, is on the outside of the virus are these proteins and your body goes, oh, I know that that uh, protein looks like a virus. I'll kill it. And... But then if the virus is smart and it sort of changes those proteins on the outside of itself a little bit, that's when it's like the mustache is like, I don't know who you are. Come on inside. Oh, hang on. You're bad. Now I have to kill you. And I'm behind the eight ball. Sometimes they miss completely. Like five years ago, the vaccine missed it almost completely. This year, it's about 50% effective. So it reduces your chance of getting the flu by about 50%. Unfortunately, Jess was in the wrong. 50%. I was in the wrong group this year. What's their rate of? What's their um, batting percentage? Yeah, what's their ba- <laughs> compared, compared to like compared to like, compared to like <laughs> weather people? Compared to so if the influenza epidemiologist went head to head with the meteorologist, yeah, who is gonna win? Yeah, I don't know. There's a couple more myths I think we have to bust about the okay. flu vaccine. Sound effect. <laughs> Boom. Okay, one Crack. of them is that people say they got the flu shot and then the next day they got the flu. Right? Yeah, You've heard that yeah, before, totally. right? Totally, yeah. And I don't know if but you've ever... But the pharmacist tells you you might feel a little bad. That's good that they warn you. A lot of people don't get warned mm. and they don't know and they just assume like, oh, I got the shot and then and I, I got, got the sick. Flu. I'm never Didn't getting work. it again. Yeah. <laughs> what the pharmacist is describing you is absolutely true. They're basically giving you a virus that's not very virulent, that's been changed so it doesn't give you the flu. But you can have a little bit of muscle aches and pains and a little low-grade temperature, but it's much, much more mild than the flu itself. Part of the reason that people say this happens is because why did they get the flu shot at the time that they did? And I see this a lot mm. in the hospitals like, I'm not getting a flu shot this year. I'm not getting a flu shot this year. Everybody's got the flu. And then a doctor or a nurse starts to get the sniffles and a little fever. And they're like, oh, crap, I better get the flu shot. <laughs> they get the flu shot today. Too late. They've already infected. Right. Yeah. The flu shot's going to take a week or two or three for it to work. They've already got the flu. And then they say, I oh, see, I got the flu shot. Now, two days later, I'm sick. It's not because of the flu shot. Mm. It's because you were already sick beforehand. <laughs> You know, what's interesting is these small little mutations mm-hmm. that the viruses go through and they change these surface proteins. These are just very small mutations. They have a special name. It's called antigenic drift. So the antigens are the proteins on the outside and drift is that they're changing a little bit every year. So that's but why flu virus is smart. I'm going to change a little bit all the time. So these humans and these other things that I might infect won't be able to block me really fast because right. their immune system has never seen me before because I have the funny ears on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think of like just drifting along, little changes at a time. But over time, just one little change is enough to kind of make it into what your body thinks of as a new virus that it doesn't recognize. And what's the reason for your visit? Principalement tourism. Tur- tourism? Oui. And where will you be visiting? Uh, the lungs, the heart, the, the blood, uh, 
maybe the Bahrain, uh, pretty much. Le Tour Grand. The Grand Tour, okay. And what's your country of origin? Uh, France. Can't you tell? <laughs> hey, that's the guy we've been looking for. Oh, no. Get him. <laughs> Here I go. So, what exactly do you die from when you have the flu? You're not dying from the flu, and I don't know, maybe you are. Yeah, so the people who die from the flu, because it actually does kill people. It really does. Um, but usually the people who die from the flu are people who have some sort of illness at baseline. So it's elderly. It's babies. It's people who have lung disease. It's people who are immunosuppressed. That's usually what happens. It's very rare that a, a young, healthy person gets influenza and then dies. But there can be other complications of having the flu. For example, right. you can get what's called a super infection, like a bacterial oh. super infection, because your body is trying to fight influenza right. and the bacteria is like, oh, their defense system is down. Now's my chance. And they get in there and they cause pneumonia. And then on top of having influenza, you also have a bacterial pneumonia and you can get very sick from that. Pneumonia is lung inflammation caused by a bacterial or viral infection in which the air sacs or alveoli fill with pus and may even become solid. So if you die from pneumonia, in a way, you're actually drowning in your own mucus. That's one example. So basically your troops are so busy fighting yes. this group yeah. of people that it leaves this field open for other mm -hmm. things to invade. Yes. Mm, interesting. Yeah, and that's uh, classically the way that presents is that you've got the flu and you're feeling sick and you're horrible and it's week one, it's week two, and you finally start to feel better every day. You feel a little bit better, a little bit better, and you're like, ah, oh, I'm getting better. And then, boom, fever comes back really high, shaking chills, lots of coughing, getting much sick again. So that's really concerning. When the docs hear that I was getting better, it was week two or something, and then, bam, I'm worse than I ever was. That's when we worry that the bacteria have come in through the back door while they're all fighting over there. I'll just sneak in over here. I'll just replicate. Nobody will know I'm here and make you really sick. And so what about this thing, Tamiflu, that everyone seems to like hinge all their hopes and dreams on? Is that <laughs> like a, is that like a shroom? <laughs> <laughs> is that like a vaccine? Because it's, it can't be an antibiotic of any kind because it's not a bacteria that you're fighting. Great question. So, and they don't have medicines to kill viruses. So bacteria are more complex organisms than viruses. Really? Way more complicated. They're bigger. I they have viruses lots. were more. No, I viruses they were like, are stupid. These like crazy little DNA robots that would get in yeah. and like inject but stuff. And but they're pretty uncomplicated. They're just sort of like, exact. They're like a bit of DNA surrounded by a bit of protein. That's all that. But it's not a living thing. Exactly. It's like it's a little weird. robot. With that, it's it a doesn't robot. have a cell. It's that's, not on its own. That sounds it's pretty not a high tech. It, it, it depends how you uh, think about it, I guess. They are certainly robust and they can survive and s float around and they don't need much stuff. They're so stupid, though, they can't replicate themselves. That's part of the definition. They can't make more little viruses. That's why they need to infect you. you. Oh, and then have your cells have do your the work. Have your cells do the work. Whereas bacteria are much more complicated and they can reproduce themselves and they sure they'd love to get in you and, you know, eat you alive. But they're more complicated and probably because of that... There's a lot more antibiotics. There's a lot when you're more complicated. There's a lot more ways to bung up the system. So the smart scientists have found lots of different antibiotics to kill bacteria, but it's a lot harder to to kill a virus with a chemical with some sort of mm. antiviral agent. There are a few antiviral agents out there, and one of them is oseltamivir. The flu's a really big deal, so why treat it like it's a little cold? Prescription Tamiflu attacks the flu virus at its source. So don't wait. Call your doctor right away. You would think then, okay, I'll just take that, but it doesn't work very well, 
And it only works if you give it to the person very soon after they got infected. But I know somebody in this room that's actually taken it. I have. <laughs> when did you take it? Right now. Oh, you did? <laughs> yeah. Where'd you get it? <laughs> the pharmacy. I know a doctor. <laughs> okay, so here's the thing with oseltamivir, all right? There's pros and cons to this medication. It is not a magic cure to influenza. Best case scenario, all that it does when it's prescribed under the exact right circumstances is that you still feel sick and you still feel terrible. And instead of, say, your illness lasting seven days, it lasts six and a half. And that's about it. <laughs> that doesn't sound like a good deal. Yeah, I'm really not a big fan of Olsaltomovir because I think it's a drug that's been pushed by the pharmaceutical industry as wonderful and great. And if you uh, get the flu, you should take this drug. But it really doesn't do much of anything. But there are certain patients I think should get it. Like if you're really old and you're sick... I would give grandma the Olseltamivir. It's people who are older, people who have underlying lung disease or other comorbid diseases, little tiny babies, pregnant women, because pregnant women are susceptible to everything. But if it's a young, healthy person, it's only going to take a little bit of time off your symptoms and eh, it's expensive. And It know. is expensive. It was $50. What? what? That was after insurance. Let me just tell you, as I was rigoring... Mm-hmm. And fevering and sweating and checking my pulse, which was 158 when I woke up that morning, and I felt like I was going to die. Mm -hmm. And I thought, sure, I could just wait this one out. Or yeah, I But could... you're telling me the difference between Tamiflu and not Tamiflu is a nap. No. A long nap. No. Or I could have <laughs> like, a whole day. I could just have one more crappy no, nap no, no, and that'd no. be so good. Or I go take a drug so for they, 50 They bucks. say it's about 16 hours earlier that you feel better. And I'm sitting there feeling like death thinking, 16 hours? I'll yeah, take that. I, I will take that. Yeah. $50 and I can feel better 16 hours sooner? Give it to me now. But it's interesting what it does to you when you are the physician and you're like, I don't know. Should I give this person oseltamivir? Risks, benefits, meh, meh, meh. And then when it's you and you feel like you're going to die, the tables just turn a little bit. That's why physicians should never treat themselves, yeah. right? <laughs> They're not, uh, their judgment is clear. Yeah. <laughs> But I want to talk about some other types of flu, bird flu and swine flu. Yeah. We hear about that. What's the deal? Yeah. What is the deal with that? There are certain types of infections that are called zoonotic infections, basically meaning that humans can get them from animals. That's Dr. Greg Moran again. There is a cycle of influenza virus, and actually it's within the animals that it's felt that most of the rearrangement of the genes takes place that helps influenza to change year after year after year so it can keep reinfecting people. Who mentioned the 1918 flu, the Spanish flu oh, of 1918? I said something about that, yeah. Okay. So that was a flu that was particularly bad for many reasons, but primarily because that was a swine flu. So I talked earlier about how there's this thing called antigenic drift, right? A human influenza virus undergoes a small mutation and then it infects you again and you don't have immunity to it. Now, something really big and much worse than that can happen called antigenic shift. So it's a shift, like a pivot, complete change of directions. And this is when a flu virus that infects humans crosses with a flu virus that infects pigs or birds. Bad day for the pig. Not too good for the yeah. human either. And so now you have this mingling of two different 
virus species, okay. if you think of it in, in a mm -hmm. way like that. Mm -hmm. And now your immune system, this is not like just putting on a little mustache and tricking you. This is a completely different, very virulent, very pathogenic virus. Mm -hmm. So there's a couple ways that this can happen. This mixing of the human virus with the pig virus or the bird virus. Um, it can either be a direct mixing of those two RNA strains, or what can happen is the pig can actually be sort of like the vessel for the mixing of the bird and the human. And the reason why that happens is super cool. It's because pig tracheas have binding sites for both avian influenza and human influenza. So it's like the dream host for recombining DNA and forming a new virus. So it's like, it takes them both in, and then inside the cell, there's a mix mosh of the different types of DNA, RNA, and then Sends forms a new out, virus, yes. Fuses them together. And then you kiss a pig and it's over. The pig is, <laughs> no! <laughs> the pig coughed on me. And you want to know why we call them, you know, H1N1 or H2N3. Yeah. The H and the N are the first letters of the names of the proteins. Oh, I mean, is that, and that like, what's the name? Hemagglutinin and neuraminidase. Oh, okay. And so yeah, they're just, they're just numbered. Yeah, it's easier to say H. But that's why we say like swine flu, the one that happened in, what was it, 2008, I think it was. That was H1N1. Mm -hmm. And it was just named after the type of protein, okay. the surface protein. But this is what's really frightening. And this is what scares public health people to death, is that if you get the right combination, and the humans have never seen this before, and it's really virulent, like it's a really bad virus, and it's spread really easy, because these are all different traits that the virus can have. If you get that perfect storm then you can have horribly bad flu. And that's probably what happened in 1918, yeah. where it killed hundreds of millions of people. Yeah. So that was actually a pandemic because it killed so many people. And it killed a lot of young, healthy people, the 15 to 34-year-olds. There was a high death rate in that age group. The 1918 flu epidemic was so bad that if you look at graphs of uh, the average age of people on the planet, and it's hard to do this... Um, on an audio podcast, but you see the graph and it's going up and up and up and people are living it. a bit longer, a mm -hmm. bit longer, a bit mm -hmm. longer. Mm -hmm. And then around 1918, the entire world's average age drops, <laughs> crashes because so many young people died during that epidemic. So what were they dying from? This was one of those cases, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, Jess, where the, the influenza, the bad bug was so bad that it was producing an ammonia so bad without any super infection that they just died because they couldn't breathe. And oh. they just died. Just bad pneumonia. And it was probably even worse in young people because they had strong immune systems. So this bug came in, their immune system was strong, but that produced a lot of inflammation in their oh. lungs and the lungs just filled up with fluids and they died. It would be less likely that so many people would die if, they, if it was today and there was access to modern healthcare mm -hmm. and, and support. So if you got the flu in 1918 and you survived... Then 90 years later, their immunity got tested in 2009, and they were still immune to the swine flu mm. all those years later. Your immune system is a good rememberer. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> all right. So, Mel, someone comes into the ER and says, yep. Dr. Herbert. Yes. I have the flu. Mm -hmm. So how do you test them? Well, first of all, uh, how do you know they've got the flu or not, and it's just a cold? If it's flu season. Now everybody's sick. Now everybody's coming in. They've got high fevers and chills and the cough. And somebody comes in and they say, I've got high fevers, chills and cough. 
You've probably got the flu. Yeah. Um, sometimes it's hard to work out if it's just a cold or not early on. You can do testing. So if you really want to know, then we do these rapid swabs. Now we can take your back mm. of your throat and do a swab and it'll give us the an answer. And they're pretty accurate. They're pretty good most of the time. But a lot of the time you can just tell by talking to somebody from their history, like that's flu. That's not a cold. That's not a super infection. That's not a sore toe. That's a virus. That's the flu virus. Wait, but you can the, do what's testing. What's the test? It's, it's called a swab. A, it's called an influenza test. You take a long Q-tip. Yeah. And you shove it all you the shove way it down. Further back in the nose than you think <laughs> there's yeah. space in the nose. Really possible. <laughs> Until Get it hits your gag reader. You swirl, swirl it around. around. <laughs> and then? You take it out and then you put it in a little test tube and, and send it off. And then- To a flu sommelier who- <laughs> Yes. Sniff, tastes. Oh, that is the flu. That is the one. <laughs> That's H1N17 for then sure. They, then they run- Good year. Then they run a test on it in the lab, in the microbiology lab. Oh, and they, okay. Yeah. Look for little swarmy things. Oh, they look at the they look at the uh, the DNA pattern. It's a it's a test. This is PCR test. Okay. Doesn't matter. And then they they tell you whether or not that virus is present if it's mm. influenza or not. <laughs> but uh, you know, most of the time you just don't need to do it. So you've got a cold, you've got the fevers, you've got the chills, and you're like, I'm like Dave, you've got the flu. Yeah. And you're like, I want the test. <gasps> I, no. <laughs> no. No. I demand the test. All right. Here's the test. It's positive. Now what do you want? Yeah. It hasn't changed anything. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> what right. do I get? Still got the flu. Nothing. What can I do for it? Nothing. So if there was, if it could change the management, if I could give you something magic that I wouldn't right. otherwise do, the test might be useful. But most of the time, the test just, you know, like, okay, confirms what we thought. Mm. We're right. still not going to change anything. So I assess ahead of time, is this someone who I would either admit to the hospital or give them um, oseltamivir? Right. And if the answers to those questions are no... I'm not going to test you. It's not going to benefit you at all. Well, I would imagine there's a large group of people that aren't happy with that answer. Because I came to the hospital for some wand waving in front of my face, mm -hmm. and I want to feel better before I go home. What do you do with those people? Oh, there's other things to to do for those people. But it's usually more explaining why it's not to your benefit for me to do this for you or to run this test or to give you this medication. And then to talk about things that actually will make them feel better. Okay. You know? Or like give chicken them chicken soup and <laughs> yeah. tea. Proven in multiple studies to kill flu virus, chicken soup. <laughs> yeah. And mama's hugs and kisses on your forehead. <laughs> yes. They also they could just bottle that up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what is the treatment if it's not mama's hugs and chicken soup? What is it? Jess, what are you doing to treat yourself? Three words for you. Treat yourself. You're the prototype here. Besides the old cell telomere, what are you doing to treat yourself? Stay away from people when you are feeling terrible. Stay home from work. Stay hydrated. And that's about it. So, yeah, fluids, chicken soup makes yourself feel better, <laughs> Tylenol or ibuprofen for yeah. those aches and pains. Mm. Um, and then if you have things like asthma and that stuff, you'll have specific therapies. But there's unfortunately, there's no magic thing. What about all these NyQuil, flu, and yeah. cold medicine stuff, and what's all that Syrups about? Syrups and I mean, pills. sure, bombs sure, and liquids. Why not? That's just basically combinations of all the aforementioned. Right. Oh, just, so this, they're basically just to relieve a little bit of yeah. pain. So they mostly yeah. just have Tylenol or a non-steroidal, but then they'll throw in some Benadryl or something that'll make you sleep yeah. and you'll nap more. And right. Yeah. They'll try and throw some stuff in there to make you cough less, although they probably don't work. But right. Uh, That's there's all a multi-billion-dollar industry in the cough and flu medication. Okay. Business. 
business, which probably doesn't do too much more than a Tylenol and a chicken soup and a good rest. Right. Having said that, the first thing I do if I get really sick is I go down there and I'm, give me the Clear strongest the shelf. you got there. Where's the <laughs> extra plus strength? Where's the extra strength? <laughs> it's like the Seinfeld episode. I want yeah. you to give me all the medicine that'll kill you and then back, back it, it off a little, little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> okay, okay. Wrap it up. All right. So let's try and wrap this up, Dave. Yeah. I know that these shows always end up resulting in more questions uh, than we started with, which is a problem. It's like the, what's that, uh, Hydra? You got his head off, just another oh. head, two heads? Oh, yeah. That's what these sessions are right. like. I've now got m- many more questions than I had yes. half an hour ago. But here's the summary. So flu is a virus. Um, flu is bad. It can kill you, particularly if you're very old or very young or very sick, but most of the time it just makes you feel bad, not for a day or two, but for weeks. We can prevent the flu by giving you vaccinations. Sometimes we do a really good job. Sometimes not so great a job. Hit and miss. Vaccines don't give you the flu. Vaccines do not give you the flu. Please, they do not give Maybe you the flu. Maybe some symptoms, but Just never the low flu. Low grade for Very, a few days. Yeah, much yeah. More never the flu. We don't have any good antiviral agents that kill the flu. We've got a few, but they're only for very specific circumstances early on in a very specific set of people. So that's why you want to get the vaccine because there's no magic pill to take afterwards. If you get the flu, you can expect you're going to be sick for a few weeks and it's going to be kind of miserable. And the treatment is rest, fluids, Tylenol, hug, mum, kiss on the forehead (laughs) and time. And every now and then, there are these superbugs that come when the pigs and the birds and the humans and the viruses and they get together and they create these superbugs, and we always get very anxious about when the next one's going to occur. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> but not this year. So get your flu shot. Thanks to Jess Mason, Dave Mason, and thanks to Dr. Moran. My name's Mel Herbert. This one heard a bit is a production of Fooly Boo Incorporated. Produced by C.C. Herbert and Bill Connor. The information you hear on this one heard a bit should not be taken as actual medical advice. If you have actual medical questions about actual medical things, you should see an actual medical practitioner. Even though we are actually doctors, we're not your actual doctor. So be sensible and keep it real. And this, oh this. 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 This.